Nightmerica is an independently produced podcast. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash nightmerica. And please tell your friends about us. Welcome to Nightmerica, a podcast that takes you on a tour of the abnormal, paranormal, weirdly true, and truly weird in every corner across this nation. Because, to paraphrase Ray Parker Jr., whether it's ghosts, aliens, monsters, or monstrous humans, there's something strange in your neighborhoods. Episode 7, Bridges of Murdersome Counties. But first, a word from our colleagues. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I like that. I like that Bridges of Murder some counties. Like Bridges of Madison County. That, yeah. Uh, Bridges, yeah, Bridges murdered some county. I don't know. I was going to go with, like, I don't know. I, I just like a good pun. Anyhow, so, yeah. Talk about Bridges. Yeah, so we're talking about Bridges today. And, uh, as always, I'm Aaron, joined by Britt. Hi, Britt. Hey, crew. How's everyone's quarantine going? You know they can't actually respond to you right now. They can. They can respond to us on the social meds. That's true. Um, if that's... Is that a thing? Social meds? Is that a word? Social meds, yes. I'm just trying to like get familiar with our crew. Right. You know? Is we that... did that IG live and that was fun. We got to like see the comments and stuff like that. So I'm just connecting to our audience. Right. By shortening words. That's how people do it. <laughs> I find years of working in the media that two proven methods of seeming hip and cool is by shortening <laughs> words and or strategically misspelling a word or adding a lot of like x's to things like to the extreme x x yes, x x x x x x yeah 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 uh, so we're going to talk about bridges but what uh if you ever had like um a lot of people have fear like a fear of bridges crossing over bridges but they hold their breath i i, I think someone in my family i forget who it is oh. holds their breath when they cross a bridge what can be really long if it's like the bridge yeah. down to the keys in florida but uh do you do that was that ever a thing of yours i don't i'm fine with bridges but my college boyfriend was so afraid of bridges especially bridges over water like he could not drive comfortably with bridges over water and like he would get really nervous and it would totally freak him out so i'd be like in the completely insensitive person that i am i'd be like oh my god just pull over like i will just take care of the shit but yeah he was like super anxious over it 
Uh, what about you? So your argument actually made it a bridge over troubled waters. <laughs> dating Art Garfunkel or Paul Simon. God, no, I wish. I was dating a real bro. The, I don't really, I don't, I'm not scared of them, but I don't like them. I, I'm not, I'm not scared of them, but when I am driving over them, especially in New York, like uh, some of the bridges, I, you know, I am very aware of the height and the fact that if you do veer off a little bit, it, it freaks you out. Although I do, uh, between bridges and then driving on mountainous roads during, in yes. the snow, I will take bridges because I've oh been God, on some very too. narrow roads, yeah, in the snow, and it's freaky. Yeah, driving down, like, win- windy roads on, like, a mountainside, I I mean, I guess I'm a little bit afraid of heights, but, like, not super afraid of heights, but that really, like, makes my skin crawl. I'll do that thing where, like, you, if you're in the passenger seat, you feel like you're in the driver's ed car, where, like, if you slam on the brake in the passenger seat, you think it'll slam the actual brake of the car, but... Realizing you have no real control. So from a paranormal perspective, bridges, of course, are over uh, troubled waters, much like your relationship was. And (laughs) water is traditionally is frequently associated with paranormal activity. It's uh, so there's a lot of stories that revolve around bridges. And I think we've got a couple good ones today. And you're going to you're going to start with a really great legend lore that is so good that like so many good pieces of lore is repeated so with that said take us away tell tell me the story yeah so i got this idea from when we did our instagram live um aaron went live on his account and then i joined on the nightmerica account and we were kind of chatting with everyone what their kind of local lore was and quite a few different people came up saying crybaby bridges which i've never heard of before um so i figured for this why not dig into it um i got of course a good chunk of information from wikipedia but then also a website called creepy cincinnati um and then a book uh, called haunted bridges by rich newman so uh the there's crybaby bridges across America. I'm sure there are some in Europe as well. Um, but this is the Nightmerica podcast, so we're gonna stick to the U.S. of A. Um, well, wait until bri- they pay us to travel across the <laughs> pond. Then yes. we'll be night Europa, Europa. <laughs> yes, happily, happily. Just, I just speak like, French. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. I just I want Please. people to know we we will travel. If the uh. What is it? The UE? EU. If the EU would like to sponsor us, I speak French, so we can go. I don't, but I can really badly pronounce French words. Ha, but ha, hang on. Wee, wee, wee. See? You know, you just sound like the chef from Little Mermaid. Or the, or the Swedish chef. Mort, 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 mort. What's that? From the Muppets. Oh, I don't know. Okay, but I'm I so digress. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> if you are here for a strict serious focused podcast i can give you some other ones to recommend that's not what we're here for <laughs> um but so yeah so these are bridges surrounded with lore um places where many people have seen orbs lights or have heard the sounds of a baby crying hence crybaby bridges 
Um, so from what I could find, there are as possibly few as 13 bridges, which is an interesting number, um, but it can only kind of go up from there. I saw different numbers on many different websites, um, but they're in Virginia, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Maryland, South Carolina, New Jersey, Illinois, Utah, Indiana, Ohio, and Texas. And if you live in a state where there's a crybaby bridge that I did not mention, I'm so sorry. And you can write into us and I will publicly apologize. Um, I won't go into all of them, of course, because this is not like a five hour long series. Um, but I'll cover three of my favorite ones, including the Maud Hughes Road Bridge in Ohio. Um, a bridge in DeKalb, Texas, and then finally one in Blackstone, Virginia. So the first bridge is a crybaby bridge over Mud Creek in DeKalb, Texas. Um, this one's super heavy with lore, but like kind of the rest of them as well, I couldn't find any news articles or obituaries to kind of confirm any of these details. Uh, but uh, they say is one of Aaron's favorite kind of bibliography quotes is, they say a woman went out grocery shopping with her three triplets in the back seat. While riding over the bridge, the car hit a wet spot and spun out of control. Uh, it flipped over the bridge and landed upside down in the creek bed below. She did die on scene, uh, but the children were never found. Suspicious. Um, so now if you drive to the end of the bridge, like if you drive over into the end of it and honk your horn three times, the locals say you can hear the cries of the children. Uh, many people have also photographed orbs, um, or see a strange white light that kind of quickly disappears, which also could be considered an orb. Um, it's hard to find photos of it though, because it's a super small town in Northeast Texas. Like it's about as Northeast as you can go and it's tiny. So people don't really like to talk about it out of respect for this woman and her triplets. But again, I couldn't find any news articles confirming that this happened. Um, that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It could have been before news was really a thing, but I'm just always a little bit suspicious not having anything concrete um, to say. The second crybaby bridge I mentioned is the one in Blackstone, Virginia. Again, I couldn't really find one common origin story, but they say uh, children died kind of a suspicious death on the bridge. They don't know if it was at the hands of the mother, which is so frequently what crybaby bridges stem from, or if it was just some sort of accident. But they say if you park your car on the bridge, and sprinkle baby powder on the hood, baby footprints are said to appear. Um, this creeps me out. I totally want to do it. It made me think of that story in San Antonio where there's the train tracks and when the car stalls on the tracks, you can see handprints show up and it'll like push your car off the tracks. Um, people also say they have seen a woman walking along the bridge. Um, and of course, like all these crybaby bridges, they hear the cries um, of the children who lost their lives on this bridge. So interesting. Um, but the last one I'll talk about and the one that I found most interesting is one that's in Ohio, close to my Midwestern roots. Um, and that is the screaming bridge of Maud Hughes Road. 
It also has some really great lore around it. Uh, one of it is kind of like a fantastic campfire tale. Uh, Maud Hughes Road is located between Dayton and Cincinnati uh, in Liberty Township. It's a really quiet stretch of road. I actually went on Google Maps to kind of pretend to like walk along it. And it's like your typical rural street. It is a bridge that goes over train tracks. And on either side, there are these huge, sweet kind of farm home looking things on these big plots of land. But there, that's kind of it. There's really not a lot of people around. There's some trees. It's very quiet. Um, the lore is around this bridge that one dark and stormy night, a couple was driving along Maud Hughes Road when their car started experiencing some trouble and it happened to stall right in the middle of the bridge. So the boyfriend left her to go find help at one of these homes I mentioned on the other side. And when he found a neighbor to kind of help look at the car, when he came back, he found her hanging from the overpass. It's creepy, right? I, I mean, it is indeed creepy. <laughs> well, I can't find any articles, obituaries, nothing to fact check this story. Well, so, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, take it as you will. What do you think? Well, I, I think these are all interesting stories. The, the one that I'm most familiar with is in New Jersey. The mm. the idea of the Crybaby Bridge is, as I said earlier, like it's one of those stories that gets repeated a lot. You know, the like the mm -hmm. woman in white or uh, phantom hitchhikers or mm -hmm. to your point, you know, some uh, car stalled on train tracks. That's that I've heard that tale multiple places. The one in New Jersey, I, I it's hard to say who's which, which is the quote unquote most famous. But that was the one that I've was the most familiar with uh, weirdnewjersey.com I think popularized it a lot mm -hmm. and the idea was the baby died drowned in the water under the bridge now known as crybaby bridge at a certain time of the night like 1am you can hear the baby cry or there's other little uh, lures or invocations at at a certain time you can say the you know crybaby three times or something and, mm -hmm. and it'll it'll you know you'll hear the sound of uh, a crying baby or something will come out of the water chasing you it's it, all, all these things are kind of they follow certain mm -hmm. patterns like bloody mary like you you invoke it on some some uh some pattern you invoke it in some manner to kickstart the activity i think partially that's mm -hmm. also so we can spook ourselves but also, if it doesn't happen, maybe you just didn't do it right, you know? Yes. Uh, so, but it's, it's certainly interesting. And the uh, there's some some lesson within that, you know, something to make us concerned about the children that we're transporting mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, certainly some sort of moral lesson within that. Yeah, um, well, the one in Ohio, so the guy found her hanging in the overpass. Oh, right. There... There's also a story that a woman threw her baby onto the train tracks. 
Um, after the baby boom, when there were so many babies around, she could no longer care for her child. And she then hung herself on the tracks as well. Um, when I was like doing research for these bridges, a lot of people said it was like a post baby boom thing that people would like throw their babies over bridges, which is like so troubling and disgusting. I didn't really want to bring it up, but it's interesting to me that that could be maybe where some of these lore stories stem from. Hmm. I'd be Uh, curious to research that. Yeah. They also say with this bridge in Ohio that if you drive on it and flash your headlights three times, a ghostly apparition appears. Um, The guy who runs Creepy Cincinnati brought up a very valid point that the bridge ends in two sharp turns on either side. Um, So don't do this because you won't see a car coming and you could be lore on this bridge yourself. Um, so like be safe if you want to, you know, like if you want to invoke something creepy, like during quarantine, like do bloody Mary, it's in your bathroom. Like no one else is going to get hurt. Um, maybe, uh, but something that really I found interesting and I actually pulled my mom in to help me is that I find it so interesting that in all of these stories, the number three comes up. Flash your headlights three times. Flash or honk your horn three times. There were triplets in the car. Um, My mom is really into numerology. And so since I'm here at their house in Phoenix, I pulled out some of her numerology books. And three is a really holy number in numerology. It can stand for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit or birth, life, and death. So while it also could just be like a creepy number... It's interesting that all these different lores are around it, and it could be birth, life, and yeah. death. Three, so. six, twelve, seven. Those are all numbers that pop up a lot in folklore and in religion, and down to the fact that things like three a.m. is considered yes, the the, the more evil. Well, the the time when you know evil it's it's supposedly the opposite the anti-trinity and it's 3 p.m was when jesus christ was supposedly crucified so 3 a.m is when the devil mocks the trinity and evil Mm. shows its uh shows its face so yeah three the the three is certainly a pattern that Mm -hmm. not just in religion but yeah throughout folklore and throughout stories it comes up a lot when you hear three knocks on the door it's typically, uh, you know, an entity trying to gain access or scratches. When people report demonic scratches, it's typically a scratch of three. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's all the case, but we do. And, you know, also the number 13, like we apply yeah. meaning to these things. Um, so. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's definitely fascinating. And yeah. well, I and the question I always want I always have is like, are these things so are these things crybaby bridges gravity hills uh you know the story of the hook man or whatever yes. are these are these repeating themselves in different locations or are the stories just being uh retold with new packaging in other places might mm-hmm. be a bit of both i mean the idea of the phantom hitchhiker goes back to i don't know i i, I think i heard about it in uh um scandinavian folklore even before it was part of the u.s like before Mm. automobiles like in the i think 13th century or something so it's it's you know these are rather old concepts so interesting you were in scandinavia before automobiles i was yes 
I, <laughs> I, I really like to travel. If I could time travel, maybe I, you know, there are stories of people that get displaced in time and end up, you know, in a whole other, whole other place. In fact, like, there's a couple stories like that that we could get into, like people Ooh, that yes. say that they've ended up in different, if different times, uh, and yeah, it's kind of cool. Time travelers. Time travelers. Nightmarica is excited to announce we have a new sponsor, Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have a really big fan of Manscaped. But not a man, a Sasquatch. From the Florida Everglades, let's welcome Skunk Ape to the show. Thanks for joining, Mr. Ape. Oh, Skunk is fine, just fine. That's, uh, that's what my friends call me. Even though you're an elusive cryptid, you're able to have a social life? Oh, sure, sure. Wood booger, yeah, we mow, mow, wendigo, mow, galon. We all, we all hang out. Well, that's great. With all those friends, it's probably important to look your best. We take a lot of pride in how we look uh, in the Sasquatch community, especially uh, since, uh, as you can imagine, there ain't a whole heck of a lot of us out there, so it gets pretty darn competitive getting attention from the lady squatches. So the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a durable, skin-safe ceramic blade when you groom your, uh, squatchy regions. Don't you know it? That Lawnmower 3.0 holds an edge, so I'm less likely to nick my nugs. It's happened before, and it ain't pretty. There's blood everywhere. Everyone down in the glades heard me howl out that one time. Whoop, whoop! That's what, that's what it sounded like when I nicked my nugs. But not with this Lawnmower 3.0. Dude, that's intense. I have certainly been there. It is no fun at all. Skunky, I imagine grooming down there probably takes a lot of time because you're a pretty big guy. Well, you know what they say about big feet. Big shoes? Big balls! Yep, right, sizable. Sasquatchicles. Big old ones. But with them lithium-ion batteries I can charge that puppy up on the USB dock, I can use it for 90 minutes. It's even waterproof, so I can fire it up in the glades and take a good long time getting my squashicles right where they needs to be. Well, with that waterproof technology, that's got to be helpful in the glades. Or even for a human like me who uses the shower. Is the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 getting you noticed down there? Only in the right ways. All the lady squatches or, or men, no, no judgment, they take notice. But I can still stay hidden because with that quiet stroke technology... It does not make a lot of noise and attract unwanted look-a-loos. And that's a very important part of the Squatch Code. You gotta stay undercover, you know? I can even groom up my Squatchicles in the middle of the night. Because it's got an LED light on it. So you can see where your Patterson and Gimlin are. It's a memorable pair. And speaking of memorable pairs, you also like the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Well, you might have heard I have a bit of an odor issue, hence the nickname Skunky. And with the Florida humidity, uh, I can smell pretty darn ripe down there. So I use that Manscaped ball deodorant to, to make the squashicles smell fresh as a daisy and the ball toner to freshen up when skunk turns to funk. Maybe we should start calling you flowers instead of skunky. Well, skunky... If you or your Squatch Buddies or any listeners out there want to groom safely, and who doesn't, head over to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA for 20% off plus free shipping off your order. For one more time, that's... Squatchscaped! No, no it's not. It's Manscaped. Manscaped. The right tools for the job. Well, I'm fascinated to hear your story. Yeah. 
if you want to dig into that. Sure. My story is definitely one of the big ones of the paranormal. And I have to say that approaching this podcast, I wanted to avoid some popular things at first or very well-known things at first to kind of lean into some more deeper cuts or fresher material. But when we were talking about bridges, of course, I thought about this tale and I'm going to dive into it now. On December 15th, 1967, rush hour traffic crowded on the Silver Bridge, overlooking the Ohio River and connecting Point Pleasant, West Virginia in Galapagos, Ohio. The 39-year-old Ibar chain bridge carried a lot of people that were rushing home on a Friday, just days before Christmas. When a single eyeball in the suspension chain failed, the bridge, carrying much heavier loads than it was designed for when it was designed in 1928, collapsed. As a result, 46 people died in the resulting wreckage. Two of them were never found. Now, the story of the Silver Bridge disaster, some say, if you're a believer in the paranormal, that it began a year earlier with the sightings of the Mothman. Let me also just say, the Mothman, when you actually try to type it out, autocorrects to the Motorman, which is a whole other <laughs> whole other phenomenon. Anyhow, on November 12th, 1966, five men were, dri- were digging a grave in West Virginia and saw what they described as a brown human figure flying overhead. On November 15th, 1966, my birthday, but not my birth year, two couples reported to police that a large gray and winged figure with glowing red eyes and a wingspan of 10 feet pursued them in their car. It walked awkwardly, but it flew fast when it when it finally took <laughs> off. And it pursued them in their car, and this was near a World War II munitions uh, location. The two married couple says it was six or seven feet tall, and they estimated based on their speed that this thing could fly around 100 miles an hour. This actually ended up being reported on November 16th in the Point Pleasant Register with the headline, Couples see man-sized bird, creature, something. The reports kept on coming. After that, two volunteer firemen saw it. A contractor claimed the creature's arrival in a field near his house was accompanied by strange noises in his TV and the disappearance of his German shepherd dog, which is not cool. That's very sad. No. So enter John Keel. Now, there were a lot of reports, some... Uh, better documented than others, some that are definitely dubious. But paranormal journalist John Keel documented quite a few in the year of 1965 to 1966. He wrote about it in his 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies. Mm-hmm. He connected this phenomena to possible UFO sightings, the appearance of the so-called men in black, and contactees who experienced precognitive dreams and some of those dreams did indeed come true foretelling certain tragedies many did not keel himself was told of a particular disaster on the day that the bridge would collapse although the prophecy that he received was not of a collapsed bridge but uh, a blackout that would occur a massive blackout that would occur when the 
White House Christmas tree was being lit, I believe, mm. and would be a widespread blackout. That didn't happen, but the bridge did collapse. Now, Point Pleasant really became this microcosm for Keel for, for his research in the year between the early sightings and up until the bridge collapsed. The book combined Keel's account of receiving strange phone calls with reports of mutilated pets. Uh, uh-uh. He noted that many UFO sightings actually occurred on a Wednesday, not just in Point Pleasant, but overall he documented that. Phone calls were often interrupted by screeching sounds. There were multiple people outside of the the supposed Mothman. There were just a lot of odd sightings. If you've ever heard the name of Indrid Cold, that's supposedly one of the aliens, or or maybe not aliens, one of the entities that contacted uh, a a famous contactee named Derenberger, last name Derenberger, uh, and Keel documented a lot of this he actually was not the first to write about mothman or in a book that would probably be ufologist gray barker in 1965 but keel's writing keel's reporting was really some of the most detailed extensive and pretty mind-blowing stuff and he also worked alongside mary hire who was a reporter for the athens messenger and she ended up working very close with keel now these stories are bizarre the the a lot of people well the people that have tried to explain the mothman have said that it was uh a bird of some sort uh it was a um a crane i believe of some sort that it was not uh, an actual, you know, creature or cryptid, uh, some, and that there were indeed some people that had tried to pull off hoaxes, trying to tie themselves to the supposed Mothman. Other people said it was a albino owl, but the people that reported this, yeah, the people reported this, you know, a lot of them, they are pretty reliable reports and, say that that's not what it was i know what a bird looks like even if it was a bird that was not indigenous to that area and keel himself has some really interesting theories about this now in in modern reports the tales of mothmen and and there are other reports of mothmen um the major reports uh, trailed off, died down a bit in Point Pleasant after this horrible wreckage on the bridge. But there are there have been sightings in Chicago of, of what's been called the Mothman. There's been supposed sightings in around Chernobyl uh, leading up to the disaster there. Um, a the uh, An apartment building explosion in Russia uh, was supposedly linked to it. There's in the uk what's called the owl man there's in hindu beliefs there's the garuda there's the thunderbird in um native american indigenous american folklore keel himself keel himself thought um while some people say that the mothman is an indicator of of impending disaster keel thought that this was something else and and it's worth noting a lot of people incorrectly associate him with ufos but 
he actually says he, he has this thing called the which he calls the super spectrum. And he says that the super spectrum is a source of all paranormal manifestations. It's essentially like an extra dimensional kind of zone that it exists outside of our own space time continuum yet influences everything within our reality. And he said, quote, the unknown is out there. The universe does not exist as we think it exists, and we don't exist as we think we exist. And um, this famously became the the story of the Mothman, the story of Point Pleasant, famously became uh, not just Kill's book, but the movie, Mm -hmm. 2002 movie based on it called The Mothman Prophecies, which changes a lot. It's a creepy movie. Uh, you might remember it from Chapstick. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie? Uh, yes, but I don't remember Chapstick. I think you were just quoting yourself. No, no, if no. People don't know. Aaron will not let me start recording until he has smeared on his Chapstick. I do like heavy moist lips. It's true. It's the, Ew, it's the being a, a professional speaker. I like to have moist lips. <laughs> but the in the the they kind of in the movie. They fictionalize sort of Keel having communication with one of these uh, these entities, and he's saying, "What am I holding in my hand?" And it says, "Chapstick." And then he also <laughs> says, "That part that part didn't actually happen to Keel, but what did happen is he's like, oh, where's my watch?'" And they're like, "Check in your shoe," and that indeed happened, not because Whoa. in that instance Keel had misplaced uh, a watch or something, and the the entity helpfully said checking her shoe but can i get a mothman to let me know when i've lost things where they are well you might not want to because so the mothman may not have been so keel kind of thinks that thought he he passed away in 2009 thought that some of this is like a bit of a smoke and mirrors show from these these ultra terrestrials from these uh creatures that they're basically kind of pranking us a little bit for whatever reason we don't know that maybe it's not like a mothman is is showing up to scare us or foretell doom or whatever but they're operating in their own set of rules and intentions and motivations but uh, also you probably don't want to encounter a mothman because you know people's eyes uh, get burned and swell up or their ears bleed things like that yeah they say mothman's eyes are like uh, like super red right like yeah, lasers into your soul. Yeah, really bright red, and and also other phenomena that was encountered during this time. A lot of people ended up essentially having what seemed like a radiation burn as a result. Um, it's it's uh, really creepy stuff and fascinating. It's definitely, I think, one of the biggest all encompassing paranormal stories out there. But it is worth noting also, like. Yes, you have UFOs. Yes, you have Men in Black. Yes, you have uh, this Mothman, whether it's a cryptid or an alien or whatever it is. But just to dispel some of the myths associated with this, they do know why the Silver Bridge collapsed. It was a defect in engineering. It was not unexplained. And that is really important to note uh, because people did die and... I think that it's kind of doing a disservice when you just say those people died uh, and we don't know why they they died because of, you know, poor engineering and well, not poor engineering, but engineering that was out of date. 
and mm. um, you know, and that actually led to uh, you know certain regulations to improve bridge construction. But now in Point Pleasant, there's a giant winged uh, statue of the Mothman, and they hold the Mothman Festival every year, which I've not been to yet, and I want to go. But oh my god, let's go! Giant what food, metal, what carnival food? Uh, that I don't know. Uh, moth burgers, maybe. Um, Do you think they serve like funnel cake with like two maraschino cherries on top to look like his eyeballs? Uh, if they don't, they're missing out. They're uh, I know funnel cake. So I know good. there's the Mothman Diner, and I think a Mothman Museum, and a whole lot of other stuff. And I know John Keel actually went before before he passed away. He did go down to the the Mothman festival so that's kind of awesome and john keel is probably one of my not is definitely one of my kind of paranormal icons also like he's a journalist you know yeah i I get on board with that so anyhow what what do you think about mothman what had you known about mothman before i'd seen the movie of course mothman prophecies which of course is like a little fantasized about it Um, I also listened to that super beloved episode of My Favorite Murder that I sent you to where they have like that cute little cartoon of Mothman. Um, And then, of course, just being like a paranormal fan, a true crime fan, um, researching. And I just find it so crazy that it was so, so huge. And in New Jersey, didn't they have... Well, the New Jersey Devil is different, right? The New Jersey Devil they thought was like a crane or something. Yeah, the Jersey Devil is... I mean, there are certain crossovers with a lot of this this stuff. What, and, and there were mass sightings of the Jersey Devil at one point. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that this is more modern times... I mean, there this, so this TN... Uh, they called it a uh, TNT area, but this former World War II munitions area... It's basically a lot of these concrete igloos uh, where munitions were stored. When these sightings came out and were reported, and UFO sightings were also reported in the newspaper during that time, Mary Heyer was reporting a lot of those. People would flock at one point to the TNT area, some with like shotguns, like good old mob justice to try to find the Mothman and and take him out meanwhile he was being cited elsewhere at that point but the but that's the also not fair not fair like vigilante justice isn't cool like what if mothman was just someone on the board of who built that bridge and he was like you know what these safety measures are not right but no one's listening to me so I'm going to get some stilts and I'm going to get this costume and I'm going to freak people out into believing that they should have done better safety precautions th- on the bridge. <laughs> I think I think as far as whistleblower accounts go, dressing up as a cryptid to warn about bridge safety is a bit of a stretch. Listen, but what's that McDuff, McGruff, the dog? Don't do drugs. Like, I listen to people in costume. McGruff, the crime dog, did not say don't do drugs. Well, I'm sure he would agree to not do drugs. <laughs> I don't know. He never really commented on the subject. But Gruff Let's mainly, get him on the podcast. He's, he's probably dead now. If, I don't know how long detective dogs live, but that was back Who in the early Who knows? Mr. 80s. Peanut's dead. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. McGruff, I don't really think, commented on drugs. Uh, but 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you just unlocked the whole mystery of the Mothman. <laughs> I tend to not think so. But I also don't... I, I mean, I don't think that it was just like an owl or a bird carrying a frog no or snake away or something, you know? I don't no way. Think it was just some sort of crane. Uh, who knows what it what it was. But interestingly, on a recent episode of paranormal caught on camera uh mm. on the show that i'm on on travel channel there was an episode of uh talking about owl man out mm-hmm. in the uk I saw that. and and it you know it was interesting i don't know like i don't know what's going on but uh yeah mothman and mothman also, not motorman as my autocorrect really <laughs> really really wanted to change it to on a side note, I do think I should maybe dig into for a Patreon episode the fact that Mothman was cited on your birthday and is obsessed with chapstick. I don't think that should go unnoticed. Well, it was it was eleven years before I was born, and so you uh, say. And also, the chapstick part was just in the movie. But you're right. I think you're connecting <laughs> the dots here. You're cracking the case wide open between that and a whistleblower in stilts dressing as a monster to warn about bridge safety it all it's very sound yeah i mean clearly quarantine has me at my sharpest yes uh (laughs) i (laughs) yes uh on that note um i don't know let's uh wrap wrap this up yeah let's get out of here if you like Nightmerica, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash Nightmerica and consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on social media and share this with your friends. And if you'd like to share your paranormal stories or even seek paranormal advice, which is for entertainment purposes only, email show at gmail.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.